0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Let's get right to work. Transformative is what our message is today. Verse 33 Then it happened, as they were parting from him, Moses and Elijah were exiting, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, tents is what he's saying, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Have you ever said anything not knowing what you were saying? Like something you're just like, as it comes out of your mouth, you're like, oh, I want that back, please, you know. When's the baby due? What baby? Oh. <laughs> it's like, the stupid things we say just comes out of our mouths. We didn't even mean to say it. Ugh. What Peter is doing by saying this is he's he's either saying, hey, we got three prophets here, the Messiah Jesus, Moses and Elijah, bringing Jesus down to the level of the prophets. Or worse, for raising Moses and Elijah up to the level of God. I don't think he's doing that, but I think he's diminishing who Jesus is by saying this. Why did Peter say this? Why would he say this? Well, it actually gives us a clue. We We understand that Mark, John Mark, was the one who wrote the Gospel of Mark, but he was giving Peter's account. So Peter was dictating to Mark the things that he was supposed to say. And I can just imagine... And during that dictation, he's telling Peter this. Peter's telling Mark this story, he's writing it down, and he's like, Why did you say that? And, and so Mark writes this line, verse six of Mark chapter nine. He says, Because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. He was scared, and so he just like, Bleh, you know. Note to self if you're in the presence of God or an angel, or some holy being and you're seeing some awesome thing and you're scared and you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Peter sees Jesus shining and radiant. He sees Moses and Elijah in their glory and he puts them in the same category and they are not. Absolutely not. Moses and Elijah were part of the Old Testament scene, of course. They were there and they were writing things, and well Elijah didn't. Because I mean, Moses was recording things and Elijah was doing great and awesome things. And yet Jesus, when he Jesus, when he he's he speaks of this whole event, when he speaks of the Old Testament, he doesn't give anybody any more credit than they deserve. And and so when we think about this, when we think of The Christian books and 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 other things that we read you know those things are not on the level of the Bible just the same way that Moses and Elijah are not on this on the level of Jesus other things are not on the level of the Bible and when we stand before God we need to realize that God's far far above us and far far above anything or any other person that has ever existed Ecclesiastes tells us this in Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse two, he says, do not be rash with your mouth or let your heart utter anything hastily before God, for God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Well, wait a minute. You know, when you pray, aren't you supposed to talk to God? Yes, but talking is two ways, isn't it? And so I think it would be good for us not just to talk to God and say things to God. But I think it would benefit us greatly if we spent time listening to what God had to say. What do you think Paul meant when he said, pray without ceasing? You're just supposed to talk all day to God all day long? Wouldn't God get weary of all the things you had to say? No, what he's saying is, I want you to have a conversation with God all day. You start in the morning. Good morning, God, and start to talk to God all day long. And as you go through the day, you're talking to God and you're listening. You're running everything that you're doing by Him. Lord, you want me to do this? Lord, how do I help this person? Lord, what do you want me to do for this person? What's best for them? How can I serve? Show me what to do in the situation. And we just go through day, the day and we're talking to God. And then we go to bed at night. We say, thanks God for a wonderful day and good night, you know, speak to me in my dreams and just allow our conversation to be with God, but, but to allow God to speak to us. I love the story of brother Andrew who had a group of friends who would pray. And as they would pray, they would just sit in silence for hours sometimes. And then in the middle of that, somebody would say, the Lord wants us to do this. And they'd start to pray or the Lord wants us to start praying for this person. They start to pray and God would start to use them. And they would, it would be prophetic oftentimes as they did those types of things. And so there's, there's a value to silence when it comes to prayer. Verse 34 says, while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. Doesn't that sound familiar? Pillar of cloud by day is they're having their own little exodus experience. You know, remember the people were terrified on the mountain as they saw the thunderings and lightnings and the thick darkness of the cloud. Verse 35, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, "This is my beloved son; hear him." Notice the exclamation point. This is serious. This is this is the dad voice. This is hey. I saw this on Wednesday night. There was a kid running around after as He was like, oh. his dad's like, hey, stop running. <laughs> Kept running. And then dad got out of his chair and walked over there and this kid was running through the pews like there, through the chairs like this. And he came over there and he's like, Hey, and the kid's like, ah, you know, (laughs) his eyes were huge. And he's like, you know, and then dad's like, don't I tell you not to run. You don't run. And I'm like, I use that same voice with my kids. It's a little bit embarrassing in public, but Hey, it's necessary. Straighten up. Right. And he's telling Peter, be quiet. That's what he's telling Peter. Be quiet. I don't know about you, but I draw tremendous strength from Peter. As I read Peter's accounts and the things he says and the things he does, I'm just like, thank you, God. Because if he can use Peter and all of his faults and failures, he can use me and all my faults and failures. I mean, Peter's a unique guy. Think about it. Just earlier in this chapter, it wasn't actually recorded in the other Gospels, but in the event of... Him proclaiming that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, I'm going to be handed over to sinful men. I'm going to be scourged and, and, and I'm going to be crucified in Jerusalem. But then I'm going to, on the third day, I'm going to rise from the grave. And Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him. And Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. You're not mindful of the things of, of God, but the things of men. And so it's like this intense rebuke. And now he's being rebuked by the Father. And in about 12 years, he's going to be up on a rooftop in Joppa and the Holy Spirit's going to say, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he's going to say, not so, Lord. You don't say those words, not so, Lord. And yet he says it and then he says, don't call what I've cleansed unclean. He's rebuked by the Holy Spirit. He's the only person I know of in the history of mankind who's been rebuked by all three members of the Godhead audibly. But it's true that Jesus often did take Peter, James, and John alone with him. Maybe they were the remedial group. I don't know. They were his inner circle, and and I guess, you know, I I think you can you can you can learn from these guys that they weren't the best and the brightest. You know, I mean, they made their mistakes. But, but is it because of their mistakes? Is it that remedial idea? Or, or is it because they were so zealous in the things that they did and said? Even though oftentimes they were wrong, was it because of their eagerness that Jesus would take them with him? You remember James and John, they were they, they saw the city of Samaria, didn't want Jesus to stay there. And, and so they said, do you want us to call down fire from heaven like Elijah? And Jesus is like, you don't know what spirit you're up. I came to seek and save that which is lost. You know, stop. Or that time when their mother came to Jesus kneels down before him and Peter, or James and John kneel down with her. And she says, Lord, when you enter your kingdom, can my boys be on your right hand and your left hand? And Jesus is like, you don't know what you ask. What was she asking for? To take the place of the thieves on the cross. Says, you don't know what you ask. He says, are you willing to drink the cup that I'm going to drink of? We're willing, they say. But what about Peter? I mean, Peter's always the one to talk first, always the one to, the one to get out of the boat and to step out on the water, the one to say the dumb things. Was it because they were remedial or was it because they were eager? And they knew that they wanted to go. I want to go. I want to go. You know, whenever I go somewhere, it doesn't matter where it is. My kids all come to me. Can I go? Can I go? Where are you going? I'm going to the dentist. Can I go? Seriously? They, I'm not kidding. And they beg me. Can I please go? No, you can't go to the dentist. Where are you going? Jaron broke his arm. We're going to the, we're going to the ER. Can I go? No, you can't go. What am I going to do with you at the ER? You know, I want to go. I just want to go. You know, it's funny because after service last night, I was standing back there and I was. Are, can I go with you? Can I go with you? No, I'll go with mom. I want to go with you. And all the people were listening, like you're right. They do do that, you know. Like ah, but it was because they're eager. Was it because of their eagerness? Yeah, I, I think I think that sometimes as we we look at Jesus and and the ones that he takes with him, he would take with him because they were the eager ones.